Welcome back to part two of this interview with building your team and scaling your real estate portfolio with Mr. Dave Steele. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. I'm fired up this morning. I, maybe it's because I had uh, <laughs> two giant cups of coffee and just got back from my walk out in the park and it was a rainy, muddy day with my little buddy Scooby. And you know what? We had to have an emergency wash. That was him, not me. <laughs> right? So I'm on fire this morning. Things are going really good. A couple of the projects I'm working on right now are just you know, are, are really starting to take shape. And you know, there was a time when I was just feeling a little bit stuck. With, on a few things. I was just feeling a little stuck on my contribution and stuck on my goals. I was just feeling stuck on my portfolio. And, and you know what I decided to do? And I, and I know this. I know this. Anytime I feel stuck with something, what I need to do is I need to pour into others. I need to provide more value. I need to step up with the content. The reason why I, I this is just my process. The reason why I get stuck is because I get focused on myself. I get focused on what I'm doing. I'm not doing enough. I haven't built enough. I haven't bought enough. I haven't been a better, big enough father. I haven't been, you know, haven't expanded my social media. I keep thinking about myself. And that's when I get stuck, is that. So so I need to take a step back and I need to focus back on solving problems. I need to focus back on to pouring into others, building out, creating more content, more YouTube videos, more podcasts, more mastermind projects, more coaching programs, more content that can help inspire others. And that's how I get unstuck. Now, I have a feeling many of you might be in the same boat. If you're feeling a little bit stuck about what you're doing, maybe just take a time out, take a little break, maybe go to a cabin, go clear your thought process, go to the lake, spend some time with the kids, whatever you need to do to just, to first of all, take that break. And then come back and ask, how can I contribute? How can I serve? How can I help more people at a larger level and on a deeper level all at the same time? And that will help you get unstuck to help you move forward. Because, you know, as the old great Zig Ziglar quote goes, is you can have anything in your life as long as you help enough people get what they want in their life. Something like that. All right, gang. So I'll keep this opening to today's interview very tight. You would have probably been just jumping on board after listening to the first episode with Mr. Dave Steele, where we really dove deep into his backstory. I love some of his, um, I love the houseboat story that he shared as well and part with his partner. But we really started down the path of building the team, hiring the best of the best, having the best people on your team and put them in the right positions to win. Now, I I used the analogy of the multi-bit screwdriver in the first episode, and it resonated with a lot of people. It had lots of wonderful positive comments that came through that. So whatever analogy you need to do that makes sense for you, really what you're just trying to do is you're trying to develop your leadership skills, developing your people skills to help empower the people around you to get the most out of their life. And they are part of the mission and the cause with you. And they also are helping you on your projects at the same time. So pouring into others, that is a theme, that is a message, and that's what I want to help you with. And if there's something I can pour into you, if there's something I can help you with, Please don't be shy. Reach out. I have conversations every single day with people, and it's just 100% pure just uh, content to help you move forward. So if you're feeling stuck and you need a little kick in the backside or you just need a little bit of a pat on the back, whatever you need, I'm pretty good at judging which one it is, the carrot or the stick, if you will. Okay, gang, with all that being said, make sure you stick around right to the very end. I got a very special announcement and a very special Something I want to share with you at the end of this one. But with all that being said, let's just jump right into it. This is the final part, part two of the episode and the interview with Mr. Dave Steele. Enjoy. We're having a fireside chat here with you today. <laughs> it wasn't so warm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, you know, I'm going to date this, guys. We're recording this in January, end of January 2020. So my birthday's in a couple days. Right. It's one of those birthdays with a zero on the end. 
the ones that give you reflection time <laughs> sitting there. I said there, I had, I had a moment when I turned 30 that kind of changed the course. And my 50th is kind of feeling like the same one where it's time to change the course. And I actually sat down and a little bit of a side here is my new mission is to impact a million real estate investors' lives to help them buy one more property. And what does one more property mean? Everybody has their own number. Like somebody, in your case, one more property, if you bought one more property, uh, apartment building worth $2 million, if you held that free and clear, there's a $2 million pension plan and say the net asset for you generates a $70,000 a year income stream. Everybody's one more property is a little different. And my goal is to impact a million people to give them tools and resources and introduce them to people to help them buy one more property. So that's the new game I'm playing. Great simplified mission. Yeah. So, and it's it's a personal one. And here's the thing. And people ask, well, how are you going to do that, Russ? I, I, to be honest, I have no idea. All I know is I need to become the person to be able to do that. So I have to work on myself first. And it's going to mean getting out of my comfort zone. It's going to mean branching into the States. It's going to mean getting on bigger stages. It's going to mean meeting uh, different people. It's going to mean elevation in my own game no different than what you did within your elevation of this whole thing of buying properties. So enough of me, let's get back to Dave. So you guys have a very unique model of, and I saw a presentation you did, and I think you shared, it was almost like five, and I think you got a whole bunch of tools in the tickle trunk about how you find ways to raise rents and cut costs, and, and then in essence, raising the valuation of the building. Maybe if you could just share a few of those those strategies that uh, are you remembering the presentation I talk, talk I do about? Yeah, yeah 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 I mean the the simple math is it's yeah. two hundred to one right for every dollar of rent you increase your property goes up by 200, 200 times so if you get a two hundred dollar rent increase your property goes up by forty thousand dollars that's basically just running it through the model and yep. assuming a six percent cap rate okay so stuff in the so states. every dollar of savings or a dollar of increased revenue a net Correct. dollar net right? dollar yeah is 200 bucks, okay. right? So the minute you look at that, then you suddenly start looking, oh my gosh, we got a $50 rent increase today. You don't look at that. You go, I made 10 grand today, right? Or that property went up by 10 grand. Nice. So from our business, simplest way we do it is we look and we go find an out-of-town buyer. If it's an out-of-town buyer, there's a pretty good chance that it's 50 to $75 below rent because what they've done is they've said, hey, I don't live in the city but I like you, Russ, you're a good property manager. Mm -hmm. Please look after my building. Yep. Net effect of that is I can tell you with pretty much certainty, 50 to $75 a month below rent. Right. You're getting your five, six, 7% a year. The property manager's working to keep you 75%, mm -hmm. 80. You know, the property management business, their job is to keep everybody seven out of 10 happy. Right. My world is we don't live with seven out of 10. We want 95 happy. Yeah, nine and a half. Out of nine 10. and a half out of yeah. 10. So, you know, what do we have to do to get out of that comfort zone? So the easiest place is generally rents below market. Yep. Then we look to put washer dryers in. You can get 50 bucks a month. That's 10 grand. Yep. We look to move the rents from classics, renovate them. And again, to give you a concept, uh, when we started the business, we could renovate a unit in 28 days. Yep. We can now renovate a unit in eight days. So we used to buy a building and hope we could do four or five or six a month. Yep. We now try to do eight, 10, 12 a month. So if we do 10 a month and we get $150, that's 30,000, 30,000 yep. times 10, do 10 renovations, that building went up by 300 grand a month. Right. Do that over a year, that's three and a half million dollars. So the value creation becomes very programmatic because now all you're doing is saying, how many can I renovate? How many washer dryers yep. can I do? And how many can I move the rents to market? Yep. Because you also can't just do it every single month, right? Come December, you may not want to move any rent increase right. because you don't want people moving out on Christmas Eve. Yep. So you've got a, we have a lease management program where you want to drive the rents to the busiest times of the year. And so there's there's kind of a whole formula around yep. it. But but the real componentry is, is how do you get those? And then where else can you drive things where else can you put technology in yep. to, to really make yeah, more Yeah, and you, you even do things like once you take out the laundry rooms out of a lot of apartment buildings, you then repurpose those spaces, do you not? Yeah, so you know a big market is pets. Yeah. So for instance, a lot of properties, the ground floor units, we'll put in a dog yard. Yep. A dog yard costs us $1,000. We get $125 per month yep. for somebody who, has a, who wants a dog yard outside of their patio. 
well, $125 times 200, yep. 25 grand. I put a thousand bucks in, I got 25 grand. Yep. Now I have people living in the building that have pets. Yep. They're also paying an extra $50 more a month in rent. So I'm getting another $10,000 appreciation. So if I can get someone to move in with a pet, that's $35,000. I've now emptied out all the laundry rooms because I put washers and dryers in every mm-hmm. suite. One of the things we do, we put a dog spa in that room. Mm, so right. there's a dog washing, dog drying station. You know, again, so now you're not just partially catering to people yep. with pets. You're really full on marketing. And when they come, they look at your property and they go, hey, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And they're, you know, they're a very profitable tenant to have in place. Yep. Now, then you also, you were experimenting with storage lockers and Amazon lockers and things like that. Do you still do those or? Yeah, those are huge for us. I mean, we literally put those in day one. You get anywhere between five and $10 a month per tenant, but you get them on every single person. So every time you sign a lease, you're getting five or $10. So, you know, you could put a, you could put one of those Amazon lockers in where they deliver the package and you punch the key in, you know, the property goes up by a half a million dollars just by installing one. So again, what we do is we've just programmatically said, when we take over the building, day one, the new signage shows up, the new pool furniture shows up, we paint the buildings. People say, Dave, what colors do you paint the buildings? Three color choices. And every one we take over, the new designer comes in, oh, we should paint it this color. No, we have three color choices. Pick one of the three, or if you want to propose a fourth color, we'll look at a fourth color but it has to knock one of the other three off and become one of our new colors going forward, right? You don't drive along and see a McDonald's and it's different colors in every city, right? They're same colors, same seating. You go into the leasing office, all the leasing offices are identical. All the computer stations in the leasing office, it's all done just so we can do it over and over because the key is you do it fast, right? If I can go do this and I can show you that I can renovate this many units and put in this washer dryer, and I can double your equity. Mm-hmm. If I do it in five years, I've doubled your equity in five years, you've yep. made 20% a year. If I can do it in three years, I've doubled your equity and you've made 33% a year. So it's really just about, does the model work? And then what's the speed that you and can execute? And then it's just the velocity of execution. Yeah, it's the yep. velocity of execution without going so fast that corners. you create tenancies, people moving out, and you end up with, you know, lots of people in this business call me and they're like, Dave, I, I went way too fast and now I've got 25% vacancy and it's going to take me to ever to fill the building. Right. So you, you've got to get that balance of keeping the building full because the reality is people don't mind paying more rent if they actually can see you're doing the work. Right. Most people go in saying, I'm going to go do all this stuff, start charging more rent, and then they don't do the work fast enough, as good as their intentions yep. are. It takes a lot longer. And now you've just got a whole bunch of disappointed tenants. Right. Okay. Well, changing gears onto that vein, like what are some of the strategies you do to separate yourself from the raising of the capital? Like what is the, you know, like you talked about, you're competing. First of all, you elevate your expectation not to just compete against other people in the industry. You you compete against the Nesbitt Burns and the Raymond Jameses, and that's who your competition is. By just elevation of your expectation, you already set a new standard. Like, what are some of the things you guys do for raising of the capital? We're going to take it from two standpoints of maybe like the finding of the people and the qualification, and then also on the follow-up from there. Yeah, I mean, you know, so we've seen the first wave of technology that's really hit the yep. sign up of the of the process. You know, I think there's a whole nother wave of Netflix style technology that's going to come where you're going to have platforms where all the information is there. Investors are just going to log on. They're going to tick the boxes as to the, that they have to be yep. able to qualify to get in behind the, the curtain. But once they've ticked the boxes, the videos, the marketing material, everything sits there. And so, you know, then the only question is, how full can you get the funnel at the top, right? right? You know, we're all dealing with a funnel of, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of people. But at some point, these funnels are going to have millions of eyeballs coming in going, this is really just, here's where you go if you want right. to have the... Pro- so you're going to have it more self-serve as opposed to somebody presenting it, if you will. Correct. Like you, you'll get on, do one presentation, do your Shecky Green comedy routine, and then you'll have tens of thousands of people who will self-serve and watch it. Right. Right. You, you know, again, the same thing is, you know, it's I'm known as the guy in the world for... Let's say I'm known as the guy in the world for rent to own, or yep. I'm known as the guy in the world for 
building infill properties. I'm known as duplexes in Edmonton, or I'm known, you know, everybody kind of ends up in that category. And then it's a question of, you know, how do you, how do you find more places where you can get out to know that? What do I want to be known as? I want to be known as the place you can put your money and you can understand exactly what we're doing. And you got a shot to make 20% a year on your money. And here's the formula that gets you there. And, and you look and you go, oh, I'm putting my money in. I'm not going into Tucson, Arizona. It's not one of the 12 markets yeah. we target. If you want to invest, we're going to be in one of these 12 markets. We're going to target this. We've done 70 of them. We've exited 30 of them. Here's the returns we've got on the 30 we've exited. Yeah. So people can just, they can just, so that story now, our story is very digestible. And I would say to anyone else who's raising money is, Get your story and say, what's the category you're in? Because we're all in the world of private equity. Mm -hmm. And now what we have to do is say, where on the shelf of private equity are we? Right. right? You might be, you might have a, a borrowing fund that pays 12%. You may have a joint venture fund that buys suited single family homes in Kelowna. Mm -hmm. And you're, the only market that you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to buy or build brand new suited single family homes in Kelowna, Kamloops, and Penticton. Right. So that's your nice, simple story. Yep. You know, or you try to create this complicated story that says I'm all these different things yep. in all these different cities. And then every time you tell the story, you, you've got to make it a long yep. story. Now, I remember you you ran through an exercise once of basically and you you challenged yourself and your company after been doing all these thousands and thousands of units. You challenged get to the team goes, guys. What do we do? What do we do? And then you you hone down your message. You might, I'm going to put you on the spot here if you don't mind. Like if you were to give in a real quick, what do you guys do? If you were to give that in a quick. Now, guys, what I want to do is this as an example, if you're watching this, how clean and clear you can get down the concise message. I mean, we're just real estate investing the way it should be. Yep. It's just nice and simple. And it's a way it's a way to take a chunk of your money. So two things. One is. No matter how great your presentation is, yep. no matter what you do, all you're going to do from any one person is get a chunk of their money. Yep. Okay. You're still going to have a chunk of your money in the stock market. You're still going to have a chunk of your money that's sitting earning interest, low interest, that's sitting there in case a deal comes along mm -hmm. that you have to put your money in right away. You know, so you're still probably going to have a chunk of money where you're going to buy your own income properties. But so now it's a question of, you know, a perfect example for us prime customer for me is somebody who's 50 years old and probably sitting here listening and they've done this and they've done this a thousand times on their own and they just don't want to do it again. Yeah. And now they're sitting there with a chunk of cash and they're sitting saying, hey, I like what these guys are doing. I like the exposure to yeah. the US. It sounds like they know what they're doing. It's understandable. If I want to do my due diligence, I can jump on a plane and fly to Dallas, Houston, yep. Phoenix, and go look at 10 of their properties, see how they do it. And by the way, what a great way for me to take a chunk of money and yep. just and put it to work, yep. right? So the big thing is, is that you're only going to get a chunk of people's money. Yep. And so it's it's really just getting that messaging across and, and not presenting it in such a way that you think you're going to get this yep. crazy amount of money. To me, it's not a crazy amount of money from any one or two people. It's more, it's just very broad based. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I often say that most people want, you know, people want the end result. And if at all possible, people don't have to want to do all the work to get the end result. Right. Like if I could sit here and go, I could do all, and, and I make the, the analogy a lot of times with a lot of people, this is more in Ontario, where people, in order to find cash flowing properties, they have to buy a property, and then they have to go through the process to convert it into a duplex, and have to go through all this time in order to just end off at the end with a property that cash flows five, six hundred bucks. Or just go buy something that already exists, it's already brand new, it's already constructed, or invest in a, in a fund, and you're going to get the same kind of return with no work. Right. In essence, like that's the, the end result game you want to play. Right. And I mean, even in BC, yeah. we build brand new condos. We're building brand new condos right now in Victoria and Langford. And, you know, exactly the same thing. They cash flow 100, 150, $200 a month. Yep. And it's, it's just shocking how many people are just, just looking. And in a lot of cases, you know, you, you go, what's the real need you're filling? The real need you're filling is you've got people that have money and they realize they're not going to get their kids into the market they live in. Yep. So they want to get them into real estate. So they're going to use this to find a 
$275,000 one bedroom or a $350,000 two bedroom that they can get them into the market. It's nice and safe. They're rented for $1,400 or $2,000 a month and they can get them in the market and go, hey, those are good growth markets and boom, I've got, I've, so, you know, the need, the need we think we're filling is different than the need that's really out there. Okay. So next line of question, and we'll go down this one here. And we this is something we talked about off camera a little bit. We started going down it, but we didn't go down it. We were talking about adding the people resources to the team to start scaling it. And you shared a wonderful story that you were already up to, you know, you know, say 60 apartment buildings. And then you you brought in somebody else into the team that had a completely different perspective that changed the trajectory you're going. Maybe share that story if you would. Yeah. And I, I mean... The lesson from it is, is whatever you're going to hire, spend a lot more time thinking about who the person is that you really want to bring in that's going to change your game. So focus more on the who, not the what they're going to do. Correct. Okay. Go find out who the person, like if I wanted to go figure out someone that could do podcasts and build a community, you would be right at the top of my list. So we're sitting there, we've got a bunch of units. We've decided we've got an opportunity to add a bunch more. Mm-hmm. We start looking around and we go, hey, how are we going to do this? We find a guy in Phoenix who we've since brought on as our executive VP of asset management. And his previous job was he worked for Graystar. Now, Graystar owns and manages 220,000 apartment units across the U.S. Okay. okay. So his portfolio in the West was 32,000 units. So all of a sudden, we're sitting there and we're going, like, is he even going to want to leave what he's doing to come and work for us with 5,000 units? Like, we're so far out of, my God, I can't believe how did we ever get to 5,000 units? This is phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, we're sitting there going, you know, how do we get him on board? Yeah, at 32,000. Right. And so, you know, and again, great conversations, turns around, you know. Mid fifties wants one more kick at the cat. He's yep. going to do one more big thing before he retires. Loves the idea of an entrepreneurial business. Loves getting involved. We come to a deal. You know he's on board. And now, like all of a sudden, every door you can imagine yep. in the property management world opens yep. because we're on the inside opening the door, not on the outside trying to figure our way in. And then you said he was also then starting to introduce you to people that you wouldn't have gotten into those introductions. You'd share with that one lawyer. Yeah, 100%. Share that story maybe. Yeah, so he, you know, he connected us with a lawyer and a law firm who's, you know, who's raised three and a half, four billion dollars. So all of a sudden it's, you know, it's just, again, if you go at it that I don't know how to do property manager, so I'm going to go hire somebody and I'm going to make them my property manager, then there's no growth. Like they're going to look to you for the growth, like you're the expert. And so the word I use is the game changers. If you want to get out of your number and, you know, I'll tell you, if you, if you talk to Janet, myself, you know, the sleepless nights we had, like, oh my God, what have we done? We've just, we have layered on the jet fuel to that now, but then you turn around and you go, Hey, I can go and add X thousands of units. And I literally don't have to spend any of my time wondering if we can absorb them. Well, I I don't have it. I don't have a, oh my God, I don't have the capacity to do that. Right. So you, you sit there and good for you for a couple things, not letting say your ego sit there and go, well, I've, I've built the houseboat company and I've done billion dollars here and I've done all this of not saying, well, I know everything and why do I need to bring somebody on? You still, at the level you were wanting, brought on somebody that's, you know, quote unquote, dwarfed what you've done up to this point. Right. So just, I guess, as a, as a leader, that's what we have to do from time to time. Well, again, if you want to make the jump, the jump isn't incremental. The yeah. jump is, you know, and I think the great saying is, you know, if you want to get from one island to the other island, you can't straddle it. You got to leave that island behind and go to the new one. Yeah. So, you know, for us, we got committed to saying, hey, you know, where's the real hole in the business plan? Is there really growth here? Yeah, the growth is we need to make sure we've covered off the asset management. Yeah. And and usually in any entrepreneurial journey and success story, typically the founders have to step aside and let somebody who's an like a CEO role come in to take the ship to the next level, right? Is that where you're maybe you're feeling you're at now or are you still hands-on and in it? Like, where are you in the process? You know, great question. We literally, the latest hire we just hired is we hired Rob Malley, who was the 
you know, in a prior life was the CFO of Van City. So again, what we've really tried to do is we've really just tried to beef up the key areas, yeah. right? How do you make the reporting better? How do you get the financing to go smoother? All, you know, all those things that are financial. So, you know, Janet's 37, yeah. so she's definitely, you know, into building this. I just turned 60, so I'm probably not as, I, I probably won't be around well, as long, but. Isn't, 40's the new 60, yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, it's still a fun ride, but again, Part of what I believe is if you want to keep it fun, you've got to keep it fun by knowing you've got the horsepower, particularly in the areas that you don't want to do. Right. And it's all about the people and the building of the team. And truly, you can only grow it to as much as you grow yourself in the process. Right. Okay. Right. Holy moly, there's a whole other avenue of questions I could go down. But if you go right to the beginning, if you go right to the beginning, which I think is probably going to be the most common question. Like I'm at this number of units and I want to get to here. The only transfer, hey, I hired the CFO of Van City. That just sounds like, oh my God, I have 20 units. I'm not going to go hire the CFO of Van City. But the point in it is that for us, that's way out of our comfort zone of what we thought we would hire for the position at any point. You know, it feels like it's, even today, it feels like we sit here some days and go, you know, why would he leave and what not leave, but mm-hmm. why would he join us to do that? Right. Yep. So the point is, is if you're not having that conversation about the hiring of someone critical, then that's the conversation you need to have. If you really believe I'm going to go from 40 units to 80, or I'm going to go from 40 to 60, or yep. I'm going to go from 40 to 100, you better be having the conversation how can I afford this person? How can I compensate them? How am I going to do this? Because I don't know that I can afford them. But the other side is, but that you're exactly right. If your goal is to grow. If your goal is to grow. And it it might force you to the heart-wrenching decision of, you know what? 40 is good. 40 is good. I don't need to get to 60. I don't need to get to 80. Right? Well, that's, that's where you probably have that moment of reflection to determine if you're all in or not to the next level or not. Right. And some people at that time, maybe it's just, I'm good. I'm going to enjoy Hawaii. I'm going to go golf. I'm going to take six years off and watch Oprah. <laughs> right. And then there's got to be another, you know, there's got to be the fire and the hunger in the belly to go forward. Wow. Okay. So I have a, a couple batteries to change on a camera, I see. And, and we're just getting rolling here. So the next line of questioning we're going to roll into here, I want to ask into more into what's next for you? Like kind of what is next? And you've been there, done that. And a couple philosophical questions. The other one is I want you to share the story. I remember you shared, shared once of an early lesson you had when you were at an EO group, an entrepreneurial organization group, and you were sitting beside somebody and a missed, it was a missed opportunity. Remember that story? I do. No, I want you to share that in this next segment. Okay. Great. Okay. I'll be right back guys. All right, guys, welcome back. So truly blessed and honored to have Dave here. So if I do forget, I know I mentioned at the beginning, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for for taking the time. This is an incredible gift that you can offer to a lot of people. And usually in the last segment, uh, I get a little, uh, you know, we're going to have an Oprah moment here, maybe. (laughs) We'll we'll see where it goes. I imagine you've, you know, you've been there, you've done that, you've houseboats to condominiumizing apartment buildings to, you know, 70 apartment buildings and eight plus years. And now that you've maybe had a chance to kind of reflect back on this, like what's next? Like what is next for you in this, in this game? So the challenge I think is getting off the horse, right? Because you get off and then you decide, Ooh, I feel like I want to get back on. There's no more Oprah to watch. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) you know, once you're off, you're, you know, you're probably off. Yeah. So the commitment I made about two years ago is I take a month off a quarter. Okay. So I, I don't do it usually straight all in a row, but every quarter I diligently book my calendar to make sure I'm not working one month a quarter. And that's been great. So probably my guess is that over time, I'll extend that out a little bit longer. And again, that's part of from our side of building out the team and really having a team of people that, uh, you know, are going are gonna to keep it going long past yeah. my involvement. Nice. And so I'm a big fan and I believe in... It's not about the money that we make in this journey. It's not about, you know, things. It's about the lives we impact. And it's about the people we touch. It's about how we can contribute and give back. What are your plans to make an impact, you know, 
I imagine you don't have to do this anymore. I imagine, I would imagine. But what is your goals and to make an impact into other people's lives on, on a go forward basis? Well, you know, I, I mean, that's a really great question. So everything that we do with the backpack program, yep. we do something where we choose one tenant uh, every December in every building and we give them yep. a rent-free Christmas. So we go to all the property managers and they nominate families that are, you know, one lady this year, her husband died of, passed away of cancer in November, three kids. And so, you know, we consciously go and try to find, again, how do we do something more in the, starting with the communities we're in? And, you know, again, what it's really done is it's taken, you know, the big goal of our company is you quickly lose sight. Oh, I want to get to 5,000 units or 10,000 units or 20. Like that quickly loses its excitement because quite frankly, most of the time, I don't think any of us really even really know how many properties or how many units we have. 38 buildings, 45 buildings. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but you don't sit there and, and really fixate it on every day. But really what it's become about is that the more we do, the more money and the more freedom it gives us to take that money yeah. and actually do more, do better things with it. And so that, that's really been a big function of. And with that, again, you know, I keep talking about the full circle, but with that, it just brings so many more people into the equation because so many more people enjoy working with us want to be part of the company, want to become part of the growth because they see that the more we do, the more we're able to, yeah. to help in all these yeah, areas. You don't, you don't attract the talent that you're attracting by not making an impact in people's totally. lives. Like, totally. You, you and, truly don't. Yeah, and we really do live in a world today where, you know, again, if you had told me at the beginning, you know, the, the first time we gave away the free rent, yep. we had a long discussion saying, wow, what about the investor who's just that, focused on the money and the returns we get saying, you know, can you really go ahead and do that? And you can completely substantiate doing it from even any financial metric. Like financially, it makes sense to do it because it's just such a goodwill gesture within the community. But, But more importantly, it really is, it really is saying, how do we completely transform the way the property management and the rental apartment business is being done. Right. Right. Because lots of other companies have transformed their industries doing it. And real estate's always been a business that's much more about dollars and cents. Yep. And, you know, one of the things Janet loves to say, and I just love it, is she says, you know, we do business on term sheets, but not term sheets alone. We do business on human terms. And so those are the things that really resonate with people. Nice, nice. And I teased this part out in the last segment just before we went in there. It was um, a story that you shared was actually, it really was a very valuable point about missed opportunities. If you don't mind sharing that, I'd love to hear that and share that with everybody. Yeah, so we were, I was in San Francisco as part of an entrepreneur organization and we had our annual conference and I was there. And, And my buddy and I were sitting around and Peter Thomas came and he said, Who's Peter Thomas? Peter Thomas is the founder of Century 21. Okay. So, and a so. very, very, very <laughs> yeah. prominent yeah. Vancouver real estate guy. Yeah. Very, very prominent. Done extremely well. And uh, he said, guys, I'm going to San Antonio. I've got my private plane. Do you guys want to come to San Antonio? I'm buying this piece of land. And I'm going to develop this piece of land. It's near the, the Sea World, And I'm going to develop this piece of land. Do you guys want to come? And I looked at my calendar and I had a couple events going on the next day that I had to be back. So I said, geez, I'd really like to come, but I got to go to Calgary. I got to fly back. So I got in the plane and I flew home. My buddy got in the plane, the private plane, flew there, invested a million dollars that literally became $10 million. But I didn't invest because I was too busy because I had to get back to work. Right. So, you know, what's the lesson, yeah. you know, other than I'm an idiot, yeah. the, you know, the lesson is, you know, don't be too busy to go back to work, right? Most of our money we make, we don't make in the office. We make somewhere outside the office where a great idea hits us. And yeah. so. Well, and if you actually just think about it back, you and Phil, if you do Phil or Philip, Phil. Phil, if you guys maybe didn't have that same class together, was it an economics class or something? What was the class? A business class. A business class. Just imagine if you had different classes or something, you maybe never ever Mm -hmm. met each other. You would have never had that trip to Sycamore, which would have never never gone skiing. And it's it's kind of a a little bit of a mind blower a little bit. But I think you had it always in you, some kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Yeah, I think, you know, generally entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs, right? 
Uh, do you believe they're born or are they created? I don't, I mean, yeah. you know, I've seen so many different, you know, you, you meet the hardcore born for yeah. sure as an entrepreneur, but you know, again, you know, if you think about it again, it's an, you know, I talk about private equity as yeah. this thing that's evolved in our lifetime. Private equity in the real estate world literally didn't exist a decade ago. Yeah. There were all these things. No one knew what to call them. They called them alternatives or I don't even know what they call them. If I gave you 10 grand and invested in, mm-hmm. in a mortgage deal, there was no real name for it, right? right? So same with entrepreneurship. I mean, entrepreneurship and starting your own business today compared to 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, it's evolved into this very normal thing that it, you know, yeah. 30 years ago, you know, if you were an entrepreneur starting your company, you were a wacko. There just weren't that many people doing it. Yeah. Right? Okay. What advice would you give? So I'm going to paint the picture here quickly. Is there's There's this young gentleman sitting in this chair over here, you know, just about to embark into the University of Calgary, you know, full of piss and vinegar and head full of dreams. It's a young Dave Steele at 18. What advice have you had an opportunity to give advice to your 18-year-old son? Now, I know you have, a, you have children of your own and you have nurtured and given, and they're just amazing kids, just, just as an FYI. What advice would you give young 18-year-old Dave Steele? Uh, you know, the first thing is you got to find your passion, yeah. right? And you know, it's it's easy to say, just go do it, yeah. right? You know, that's not great advice for people that aren't action takers and doing it, yeah. right? So, you know, I would say, first of all, you know, the people that are connected with you, most of those people somewhere along the way have made a serious commitment that they want to yeah. go and do something. So then I would say, you're right. Okay, now I've made this commitment and I'm and I put myself in this pot. So first of all, you put yourself in this pot you're in a small percentage. You're not in the 80%, you're in the 10 or the 20%. So now of the 10 or the 20%, what's the differentiator? The differentiator is, is you've just got to go treat it just like any other business. And you might have to raise money so that you can leave your job and go do this. You might have to, you know, lots of people raise money to go start a chain of ski stores, right? Like it's no different than any other business, but you just really got to get focused on what section of the real estate world you really want to yeah. be involved in, how you want to go do it, and then go set out and do it like a business. Right. Right. Just get serious about it and treat it like a business. Right. right? Go build apartment buildings, yeah. go renovate houses, go yeah. build suited single family homes. But, you know, I think you got to get a geography. I think you got to get a real estate type. Like, you know, and I, I mean, I, I can remember many times in my life sitting down with just little cards and I'd write all the different things on the card with a map and I would say, okay, where can I go do those? Like the value add that exists in the US, it exists a little bit in Ontario, it exists a little bit in Quebec, it doesn't exist that much. It's very hard to do in BC because Mm -hmm. the rent evictions. So, you know, if I took value add and tried to plunk it into BC, it's not that easy to do. If I took build new buildings, Lots of places you can go build new buildings in right. Alberta, yep. probably way more so in BC and Ontario today than in Alberta, but there's still places you can go build in Alberta, but way more so in BC. So, you know, again, I think you just have to say, if the business I want to be in is in real estate, it's too easy to just say, I just want to go and figure out capital raising yep. because... You know, that's like saying to somebody, I want to open up a clothing store, but all I want to learn how to do is sell at the front desk. I don't care how to manage the inventory or pick what colors to sell. You know, you're in the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and this next question is, you have the benefit of being 40 years in of doing this. Now you make me sound old. (laughs) 40 years. Well, you started when you were five. (laughs) But where did you, did you go anywhere formally for training in business? Or was it just kind of the school of hard knocks or just? Like, I'm going to ask this question, just kind of where did you go to, to learn this? And then I'm going to ask you if there were some people that were influential that you maybe want to acknowledge that helped you on your journey. So where did you go in your journey? Uh, so I went to university yeah. and I was very, very lucky. About 30 years ago, a group of us started Entrepreneurs Organization. Vancouver was one of the founding chapters. In fact, we were the first chapter. The EO. It's, EO. Now, it's not yeah. as young EO. Yeah. EO different, yeah. yeah. And today there's 12,000 members around the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, probably most of the mentoring and the knowledge and what happened, I would say I got from people. And probably Just from a peer group. 
from a peer group and yeah. probably the biggest single motivator, no different than, you know, going to a rain and seeing how did that guy go and buy that many units is, is, you know, they have international conferences of which I've been to, you know, 40 international conferences around the world. And every time I'd go, you know, I'm sitting at the second night and we're having dinner. And all of a sudden I'm listening to some guy from Morocco who's, you know, got a $50 million business and he's 30 years old. Yeah. And it's like, how did you do it? Yeah. Right. And you go home and you feel like, man, am I ever, <laughs> am I ever snoozing? Right. Or yeah. so, you know, most of it is, is there's that. And then once you get into these good networks, it's, I guess it's really just connecting with people to sort of say, yeah. here's my roadblocks. What did you do to get over those? Yeah. Uh, and just not spending a lot of time worrying about the roadblocks, just kind of putting your head down. And, you know, the, the thing I find is people, I find in most cases, I don't say no, yeah. I say yes. And then I find out more information. Yes. A lot of people I find they'll say no. And then all of a sudden, because the opportunity that exists very seldom exists in that first conversation. The first conversation isn't where the opportunity exists. The first conversation exists when you finally get into it all and you understand all the facts and you go, hey, this is a really great deal, but like it's not a great deal at this price or it's not a great deal unless we do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. Right. And then. And then you go, hey, I think we could do something, but we'd have to do it this way. Yeah. So really, uh, you, you're a very big proponent, if I heard correctly, of expanding your network of hanging out with people that expand and push you. Correct. Yeah, and I remember you sharing a story once that you were at one of the, the EO events and you were sitting there and a guy was beside you. He looked like he was really distracted. <laughs> and he was on his phone and, and then all of a sudden you just kind of said, dude, like, and we're here. And he, and he goes, oh yeah, I'm just having up. My app is launching or something. And it was something like a $50 million launch or something. <laughs> yeah, he... He had set up, he was the call-in phone numbers yeah. for... American Idol, for American, it? The equivalent of American Idol yeah. in Spain or somewhere. Yeah. And his app went live, and every time the phone rang, he got a penny. And in the course of sitting down for dinner, he had something like 900,000 calls had gone on his phone. Yeah. So now next thing you know, he's got the phone with the <laughs> ringer turning over, and he's yeah. passing it around the table, and... <laughs> We're having a cheers every time it hits a new hundred thousand level. Oh, that's so, an yeah. awful lot of cheers. But, but you turn around, you turn around, and you go, "My God!" So yeah. your business is yeah. you make a penny every time somebody calls Spain's America's Got Talent. Yeah. Like that's crazy, yeah. right? So well, then that's just expanding your network of people you hang out with. Right. Anyone you wanted to acknowledge just has been someone special in your journey that, to this point. And God, I mean, just just so many, you know, just so many different people, just you know, different. My partner, Phil, was, yeah. you know, was incredible. You know, I, I'd start and I'd literally go down company by company and yeah. name all the different people. But, I, I, you know, I don't want to do that because chances are I'm going to forget people. Well, but, and you're much too humble to that. So. But, but, yeah, I mean, you know, like there's no success without a pile of people making it yeah. successful. And so, you know, that's really the key in, in everything we've done. A couple final questions. Sorry if they're just way too out there and deep, but I just want to know. Like, I, I truly believe in self-awareness is one of the most important skills that any person can have. And I know you probably have thought a lot about this. Have you enjoyed the journey? Are you happy with what you've done so far? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, I think, you know, again, if you're not having fun doing no. it, if you're not, and probably the reason most people aren't having fun is they're letting themselves get drawn into the parts of the job that they're not good at and they don't want to be doing, right? Yeah. It, you know, if you picked, if you were on a stage speaking four nights a week, you'd be in your absolute heaven, yeah. right? If you were doing your accounting 40 hours a week, you'd probably cut your wrists. Yeah. So, you know, to me, you know, right now, and then that's the benefit is I have the choice. I get to spend yeah. the vast majority of, the, of my time doing the things I do, that I want to be yeah. doing. And again, that's part of why I also create the system where I look at the things that I'm never going to do again and I take them off my list. But you've had to probably, in order to get to that, you know, I'm going to call it a luxury of being able to choose what you want, where you want and do whatever you want. You've had to probably make some sacrifices along the way. Or do you not look at it as that? Do you just look at that as the cost of tuition to get to where you want to get to? Yeah, I mean, for sure you do. There's no yep. question. You know, you look back at how hard you've worked at yep. different times in your life. And, you know, I mean, that's just it's just the way it is, right? Yep. It's like if, you, if you're going to do this and you think you're, it's just going to all be, it's all going to be roses, it's, you know, yep. it's not. It's going to be some tough times. And, you know, you surround yourself with people that can help you get through it. You're going to get through it. So any regrets you've had over this up to now? Nope. I mean... You know, I could tell you tons of real estate stories that yeah. I wish I'd never sold. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, you don't really get the choice of going back and looking at those things, right? Yeah. It's, I know. wish we all had time machines. Yeah. But, but, but. but everything, everything has happened for a reason for you to shape who you are today. Totally. Wow. So couple final things I want to offer you, and I've offered this a couple times, but I want to just reiterate, I always offer at the end of some gratitude. I just want to thank you for how you show up. And I want to thank you for your openness and willingness to share to, you know, here's an opportunity, guys, that we have of somebody who's done an incredible result within real estate and no slate here. You're just a normal guy, right? No, like there's no slate. You're like one of us. Like if you ever get a chance to sit and have a beer with Dave or sit and break bread, he jokes around. You tell the you know, it's just you're 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 like one of us, and you have a gift of making us feel included, and you also have a gift of bringing out the laughter and the fun in everyone you meet. I just wanted to offer that to you. That's very kind. Thank you yeah. very much. One last question I always leave off with this is if you were just and pick one of the three cameras, whichever one you want it to have, if you were to give maybe somebody's a little stuck right now or they're just maybe a little lost, maybe just some final parting wisdom for somebody and, and final inspiration to have somebody just uh, take the next step. You know, breathe, enjoy it. First step is really ask yourself, are you in the right space? Are you doing the right thing? Is this really what you want to be doing? Yep. And is there a big opportunity in front of you? Because if there's not a big opportunity in front of you, then go spend some time. Finding opportunities is work. So if you turn around and you say, look, I don't know what I really want to be going and doing. If you go and put the same 20 hours a week in that you would if you said, I'm going to go buy duplexes in Edmonton, and you got in your car and you drove for 20 hours a week in Edmonton, you would find duplexes in Edmonton. So if you put that same energy into just saying, what exactly is it I want to be doing? Do I want to be big in Victoria? Do I want to be big in Vaughan, Ontario? Like, what is the product? What is the location? What do I want to be doing? Do I want to go raise money and lend it to people that are doing real estate deals? And I make 15% or 12% of my money. Like, what is that? And if you've got that and you know it and you believe it in your heart and you've got proof that you can do it, then the plan to go and make it bigger is actually not very hard. The, the real question is making sure that the opportunity you have isn't a crappy little idea that you're trying to fan to make something good. Yeah. And just being very intentional every step of the way. Right, right. right. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, where would be the best place to reach out? If you're, and uh, I know you're, you're, you're taking some time off. And you, yeah, no, you're, just, you're, just shoot me an email, dave at sign wcpg.ca. WCPG for Western Canadian Properties Group. Got it. Right. .ca, .ca, like California. Right. Yeah. And you can find them on, online. You're, you're all over the place. Totally. If, if they can't find you online, then somebody's not doing their job. Right. <laughs> and just remember, everything you heard today is free advice. So if you don't like it, don't forget what you paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> well dave thank you very much and guys you know what we do at the raising capital academy when you're listening to this we acknowledge people that have given their time so uh be expecting some thank you cards probably coming in the mail Appreciate and, that. and i just wanted to thank you very much thank, thank you so. for your time okay guys till the next one bye for now So what did you think of today's episode? This part two, two part episode with Mr. Dave Steele about building your team. How do you grow? How do you scale? Now, I know some of the numbers that we threw around in here was, uh, you know, they might be a little overwhelming, a little intimidating. And to be quite honestly, that was like I said, that was in the first part of the first episode of this two part series the numbers have grown significantly. I think they're well over $4 billion of assets under management. And Dave is just such a, a down-to-earth, humble guy. And I truly believe that every single person can do that. Every single person, if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to make the sacrifice, and if you're willing to learn the skills and surround yourself with the right group of people, the sky's the limit. It truly is. Now, speaking of the sky's the limit, I think I mentioned this on the second part of the episode with Mr. Mike Everett about buying, you know, 78 apartment units in 18 months. Right now, we're running a, a special promotion on the Raising Capital Academy. So I've been a real estate investor for 20, coming on, geez, 25 years now. And the capital, how do you buy properties? How do you build a portfolio? No different than Dave Steele when he had this, uh, in order to build a $4 billion portfolio, you need access to capital. You need access to good deals and you need access to capital. 
what I'm here to do and share with you is if you are interested in being part of an elite group, an elite group of real estate professionals that are learning how to raise capital the right way, an elite group of real estate professionals that want to solve the biggest problem biggest obstacle within real estate investing, and that's where to find the capital. We are having a final promotion and a final opportunity to get lifetime access to the Raising Capital Academy. So if you'd like to have all the information and all the steps of the process, you know, A to Z, soup to nuts, whatever you want to say, it is all included in that program. And I'm also going to include either six or eight more live webinars and I'm going to build out a couple more of the sections on top of it. Anytime I add on a new section to the Raising Capital Academy, all the lifetime members get that for free. This will be the last opportunity that you can get lifetime access because it's going to be changing. The model will be changing for prices. First of all, I've been told it's way too cheap and the price will be going up. And also, I've been told that I have to, you know, change it into a yearly subscription model as well as part of my coaching and people that I work with. So that'll be happening. The price will be going up and it will be going to a subscription model. There won't be any more lifetime access to it. So anytime I add new programs to it, it'll be included in the uh, subscription model. Okay, so if you are interested in checking out the Raising Capital Academy, I don't know exactly when the... Deadline for registration will be, but it will be very shortly after this episode airs. So if you are interested in checking that out, getting involved in uh, with the elite group of real estate investors, getting involved on the live webinars, on top of the more than 18 already pre-recorded ones that we've done over the past couple of years, on top of all the other 100 hours of content and top of all the other joint venture agreements, I think there was five lawyers that contributed to the program as well. Probably the best of the best. The best content I've ever seen out there within the revolving around this topic of raising capital. Now, I might be biased. I probably 100% am biased, but hell, you know, pardon the language. It's my child and I put it together. And if you think you've got value from my podcast or my YouTube channel and some of these standing on the shoulders of giants, experts, interviews, you ain't seen nothing. Just wait till you see behind the scenes of what is available to you as a member of the Raising Capital Academy and also on some of my mastermind groups upcoming as well. Okay, gang. So with that being said, there will be a link in the show notes. And if you're on my email list, you probably have seen some emails of that as well. And it is a limited time offer. And it is a, you know what, I've put together a package there that honest to goodness, I think if you're serious about becoming a, a real estate investor, you'd be silly not to take me up on it. It is one of those offers that is just too good to refuse. Okay. With all that being said, guys, have yourself a wonderful day. And remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.